Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by our two beat writers from Tampa, Jim Thomas right here at UNSTL. We have Tom Timmerman. That's right. Talking about our heroes. And uh, <laughs> let's jump right to it, JT. Uh, understandably uh, bad blood between the Predators and Blues and a couple of spirited games. Uh, mixed results for the Blues, but at least uh, a good third period uh, for the note in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, although the, the maybe the, the the final result didn't exactly uh, signify, but they, they they played much better uh, last night. They they didn't even look like they were in the game Saturday night in, in St. Louis. Uh, Nashville came out so fast and and, and, and so aggressive and, and had about uh, you know five hundred shots to two for the Blues in the in the uh, first period. This was a a different kind of game, and and it it, it looked like in the third period that the blues kind of rediscovered uh their game i mean let, let, let's face it there now as as uh we set in uh it's been weeks now for the tarasenko injury and and they're 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 starting to feel the effects and you know sammy blay uh certainly not you know in tarasenko's class but still a guy who can contribute some offense and and uh, uh they're feeling it it's, it's a struggle to score goals and when they fall behind uh, it's 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 a lot tougher than than it was maybe before, and they 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 fallen behind five out of their last six games here. You know that where they've given up at least the first goal, and in two or three of the occasions, including both the Nashville games, they've fallen behind two to nothing. I I, I got a quick ad here on Robert Portuzo. Uh, normally, as Tom knows, uh, the scratch players sit up. It's it's basically open air with the. Uh, uh, you're, you're right, basically right in the stands, the carved out area of the stands, and, and the scratches uh, sit up there. It's not really a traditional press box. Well, maybe they were afraid for Bortuzzo's safety. He, 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 uh, Derek Puglia and uh, and Nathan Walker were up there as scratches, but uh, the suspended Robert Bortuzzo wasn't. Maybe he was in safekeeping in the uh, watching the game from the Blues locker room. I don't know. Yeah, Bortuzzo walking through the concourse at uh, at Bridgestone probably would not have been the uh, the, the way to go. Yeah, and in fairness oh, to the Predators, that that was a that was a dirty play, Tom. You know, I mean, we all like uh, Bortuzzo; he's a good dude. But that second cross check, no. Yeah, you, I mean, you look at that play, and you can almost see his brain thinking, which was, "What the initial cross? You're going to call that a cross check? I'll show you a cross check. This yeah. is our cross check." <laughs> and and unfortunately, yeah, that was a cross check, and uh, a bit too much. Yeah, yeah, they. Uh... Uh, they announced him as a scratch and uh, uh, loudest booze of the night uh, for just for Bertuzzo being announced as a scratch in the, the arena. And boy, Craig Ruby uh, talking to him after the uh, morning skate, uh, he, he was almost weepy eyed at the uh, the uh, prospect of um, uh, uh, Bortuzzo out for four games and and uh, uh, no no sympathy for Victor Arvidsson. It was it was it was almost funny, you know. It's, Comments about board is boards. I'm quoting here. It's unfortunate we lost boards. He's a good player for us. Does a lot of good things, but his game is to play tough and hard around our net. He's trying to be a physical guy around the net. That's the way it goes sometimes. So not not exactly sympathy for Victor Arvidsson. Yeah, I don't think uh, Tom that uh, the chief has ever uh, expressed regret or uh, <laughs> disappointment in any particularly violent. Uh, behavior by his players since he's taken over. He's, no, I, I think he would. He, I, I guess there's a line somewhere, and I don't know that we've found that line yet. But he's, he encourages physical play yeah. on behalf of his players, and and, and, I and as, like getting a hanky out to wipe his yeah, tears. Yeah, I mean, as Vince Dunn said the other night after after he 
level uh, Calgary, I, it's like you, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. And, I, and, I, and so I think there's, you, know, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But, you know, if you're going to give the guy a cross check and back, well, that's, you know, that's going to happen. Stay away, stay away from Arnett, right? And it reminded me of the Bortuzzo reaction for the Essa uh, Lindell uh, uh, penalty mm-hmm. in Dallas. He just loses it for for mm-hmm. for a moment, and, uh, and 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 there you go. Now, as, as I mentioned uh, in my online story, the poetic justice was the dude called up to replace mm-hmm. Arvidsson, a journeyman, twenty-eight year old Daniel Carr. He scores the shootout winner. Now, what was that all about? Could you imagine? Uh, Craig Ruby saying, okay, Nathan Walker, yeah. you're up for in the shootout. I mean, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom, if I'm Daniel Carr, I'm thinking, you know, hey, if I'm good enough to, to be like number four in the shootout line, shouldn't uh-huh. I be on your team? I mean, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yeah, yeah, and uh, poor uh, uh, Jake Allen, he, he said he didn't even know who the guy was. And Jake normally studies the shootout guys and their mm-hmm. shots, and he said he, he – he didn't even look at the guy. He didn't even know he was in the lineup until yeah. right before the game. That's why he should look at the morning skate from <laughs> We would have told him. So, you know, it, Carr earlier in the game got a, a delay of game penalty. And when he went into the box, you, you could see his look on his face, which was, ah, oh, crap, I get called up from the minors and I take a delay of game penalty. And now you know, this is not going to go over well. And uh, yeah. redemption at the end, though you know on Bortuzzo and his other hits, uh, the the league video on on the penalty on Bortuzzo, which had the collection of Robert Bortuzzo's greatest hits. I mean, because they put yeah. together, they, they included in that video the other times uh-huh. that he had been fined and suspended, and and it was like you look at that and you think, my my goodness, this guy, this, you know, guy needs to serve time. I mean, he's just, <laughs> I mean, he's just running amok out there, and it, it's yeah. you know four plays over the span of how many years, but I mean, he just looks like he's a like he's he's totally lost it. But so it goes. I hide the women and children here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that used to be the norm in the NHL, the medieval stick work. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Tomas Sandstrom, uh, you know, neck high cross check incident, you know, just mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, Brashear, uh, you know, over the top of the head incident with the stick. I mean, uh, Marty McSorley losing his mind. I mean, I mean, there were it just the those I mean, what we used to see in the league compared to what we see now, it just kind of stood out like, whoa, that was like a flashback. <laughs> what Ports just did there, because that, that used to be Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> well, as as Tom pointed out, look. I mean, I mean, the Blues do they do have an image of uh, mucking it up. I, the uh, the uh, uh, Mid South version or Nashville version of Fox Sports Midwest on, on Twitter uh, just just had a tweet and showed the second cross check and said Blues gooning it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just ask anyone in Boston, I guess. But but look mm-hmm. at the four game homestand. First, Sunquist gets the fine for running into the goalie, although he really he almost tried to press himself against the glass. To avoid the contact, you have Vince Dunn's hit, Braden Shen's hit on uh, on 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 Kucherov. Braden Shen had another monster hit uh, uh, last night. That that that's Albert Ruby likes him. Yeah, you know, and sometimes it's maybe it's just me, but Braden does seem to leave his skates sometimes. <laughs> he does tend to go airborne on some of these things. Yeah, yeah, he does. And uh, uh, my goodness, yeah, he's he's. Uh, uh, that that's as you know as much a point part of his game, I guess you'd say, as his as his uh, as his offense. I mean, he, he doesn't mind doing that stuff uh, uh, at all. I, I was kidding him the other day about his fight. It was fight against Calgary, I think. How he uh, mm-hmm. he 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 had uh, kind of a uh, a subtle punch on uh, uh, was it Man, Man? No, Samuelson. Uh, and, and uh, was it Rasmus Anderson? 
Yeah, where where he uh, where he, uh, he 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 his sweater hands. Chen's had the guy grab with a sweater, then he lets go with the sweater and punches him with that hand. I mean that's that's, yeah. that's kind of that's kind of tricky. I don't know if that's fair, guys. Well, I mean he's a Sasky boy, man. You gotta you pick up these things. <laughs> Well, yeah. well, Tom, I guess we got to get to a topic before we get too far into this, that because mm-hmm. it's a it was a black armband day mm-hmm. for for Blues Nation when uh, when Clem Cosson was sent down because we saw what all the fuss was about. His mm-hmm. one goal, if you're going to score a goal in the NHL, you got to yeah. score one like that. Takes the puck in his own zone, I guess from Shan. Get, get gather speed, one move at the blue line, backs off three defenders, just rocket for mm-hmm. a shot. Pretty darn impressive. There was your NHL shot. And some middling praise from the coach, but Tom, no, uh, Clem Costin headed back to Texas. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, I think he played seven minutes in that game, and 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 it seemed like that was the plan all along. They told him you'll be here at the weekend, and as soon as we think we got Brower squared away, but it's a taste, the chance for him to see the NHL. You know, you know people were, you know, if they had room for him, it was going to be on the fourth line. Clem Costin is. Development is probably not served by fourth line time. You know, people, well, why don't you put him on one of the top two lines? Uh, you know, that's a that's a big step to say now you're going to be playing 18 minutes a night with these guys. Um, so he, he's he's 20 years old. He needs to learn. But yeah, it's the kind of thing which will tantalize uh, everyone else. Yeah, JT uh, Barube just making interesting points about just you know processing the game at the speed of the NHL and all the little reactions. You know, we see the goal. We see the hits, we see a size, but there's a million things to go into every little, every 45 second shift has, you know, 15 decisions you have to make in there because the game's so fast. I guess the concern is that he's still got to process the game at the speed of the uh, NHL. Yeah, it looks very much like that. And you just wonder, and he's getting much, much better at English, but, uh, uh, you know, as Tom and I have pointed out, that he, he, he his English was so bad he needed help from teammate and when he first got to San Antonio just to order a pizza on the on the mm-hmm. phone. But when you're out there on the ice and you you know we can hear sometimes the the uh, the chatter back and forth from uh, from the players and you, you just wonder if that is uh, is part of the problem too. Just processing right now. There's only one other Russian on the team in uh, in Barbashev. But uh, yeah, I chuckled when you talked about. Uh, uh, but Ruby kind of giving him praise. I believe the quote was Baruby. I haven't really minded him. So Quinn <laughs> yeah. yeah, quit, quit, Coach Q. Hype, yeah, come on, quit overhyping these guys. Yeah, no. But yeah, to me, the, the shot stands out. When you look at that shot, and players talked about it in in preseason when when uh, uh, he scored what three goals in the first two or three preseason games, and so it, it's just a it's just a matter of time with him. And I would think with uh, Jordan Kyrou down there too. But now, and I, and I can see the, the Blues fans' frustrations. You look at that fourth line now, and you have McEachern, Della Rose, and Brower. How many goals is that group going to go? Now, uh, again, Brower will, uh, now that his visa's uh, uh, finally uh, straightened away, you'd think after a few games he'll, he'll get his legs and everything. But uh, you don't look at that fourth line. It's certainly not what you saw last year when you had Steen, uh, Barbashev, and Sunquist and Barbie and uh, – Sonny had 14 apiece, and I think Steen ended up with 10 or 11. You just, uh, again, for a team struggling to find goals, okay, that line is playing good defense. They're checking well and, and whatnot, but you just don't see a, a whole lot of goals coming out of that group. No, I mean, there's – from what go from a year ago in the balance and, and up and down the lineup to what he's trying to scrape now, 
and boy, I tell you, it's you see the strain, I guess, Tom, watching him really, mm-hmm. really shuffle. Mm-hmm. You know, we start the year and he's looking at, you know, some stability and, and especially up front. But man, now he is, uh, they're, they're all, co- the whole staff is just coaching shift to shift, trying to, trying to squeeze some, some, some scoring chances out of this group. Yeah. You, Jim was alluding to this before. I mean, the, the Blues game plan now has to be score the first goal, get the second goal, and then just shut things down. <laughs> because if you fall down 2-0, all of a sudden this team's got to score three goals to win. Well, good luck on that, right? This team can't score three goals to win right now. I mean, that's that's a tough one. So, yeah, you know, they at the start of the year, they had maybe seven forwards for the top six spots. But now you've taken out Tarasenko, you've taken out Blay, and you've had to promote – you know, Barbashev, I don't know, has really stood out in his time up there on the uh, on the second line. It's just, it's just, I don't know that they have the bodies. You know, is Robert Thomas centering the first line? Is having him centering Schwartz and Shen? Is that going to be uh, the thing that works? You know, it's going to be tough. And especially also, you know, Ryan O'Reilly's got to score. Perron's doing great, but O'Reilly is is not putting the puck in the net enough, and that's something that's got to improve. I gotta, I gotta ask yeah. you, JT. JT, mm. Tyler Bozak's oh. had at least two thousand scoring chances <laughs> in, oh my the, in the last two weeks. He's been on that Shen line, yeah. And but unfortunately, I mean, eventually he gets bumped off at least during the course of the game because he has been around the net over mm. and over again. He just can't find the finish. No, and I, I think that's the kind of the mo on him. He does a lot of things pretty well. Maybe nothing great. But that's the the one thing that that uh, he has trouble finishing. My my gosh, uh, was it the Calgary game? I think uh, he could have. I mean, he could have had a hat trick in in the uh, first period. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with Bozak now? Based on the, uh, the line blender that uh, Baruby got going uh, uh, last night, it looks like Thomas will be back with the uh, Shen line. And boy, there there are times now. Mm-hmm. Where, where Thomas is really showing flashes, and you just need to see it more often. Uh, Shen was talking about him last night a- after the game that uh, they seem like they're they're, they're getting some uh, some chemistry back, and so so I I, w- I would be surprised if Thomas isn't with Shen and Schwartz. And my gosh, so often now on these lines, who who is technically the center it changes from shift to shift or where where the face off is, but. Uh, uh, Thomas sure uh, uh, sure has vision, and it's just a matter of him continuing to do that. But yeah, you talk about the the, the overall team and scoring. Okay, Ferran's going pretty well. Shen's going pretty well. Uh, Petrangelo's going pretty well. And you know, every now and then, uh, Sunquist will, will will pop in a goal here and there. But uh, what what else do the Blues have going? It's now what is it six seven games that uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, uh, doesn't have a goal. I don't think he's got a. I don't think he's got. Does he have a home goal this year? I don't think. I so. know they're all on the road. Yeah. So uh, uh, you you would think he would get uh, he would get going. They're getting good get goaltending. I mean, three strong games now in a row by uh, Jake Allen. So you know more off more often than not they're going to be in games. But they got to find some goals. I also thought it was interesting. Speaking of Bozak, who who entered the season with a forty four percent success rate on the shootout. He wasn't even in the top four. Uh, uh, Chief uh, Barubi uh, shuffled his uh, lineup, uh, I guess with good reason. They were 0 for 8 in shootout mm-hmm. attempts before uh, before last night. But uh, 
uh, yeah, got to got to find the back of the net. And they're going to play more shootouts. The way the yeah, season is yeah. going, it's, you know, last year there weren't a whole lot of shootouts. This year, I think it's a safe bet. We're going to see a few more of these before this year's done. What do they've won? Like nine, nine of their was it nine times they've actually won in regulation. It's not a big number for the for after twenty five no, games. No. It's, yeah, I know. I like the end of that game where the, the the Blues are actually speaking of you know kind of kind of playing this defensive minded game. They they basically did the hockey version of taking a knee at the end there. I'm not granted there were only like 30 seconds left, but they they didn't even try to mount. Hey, let's mount one last rush. They just they just kind of sat back at their own their, their own zone and uh, like I said, took a knee. Yeah, took the point. Hey, uh, one of the you talked you touched on earlier about getting good goaltending, and that's a big reason why they've gathered up all these points despite not uh, you know blowing people away in in regulation or even leading by more than a goal for more than two seconds in a game. Uh, boy, Allen's given them is really stabilized, which is really good news. But boy, Bennington, not only uh, playing well, but uh, at his absolute irritable best. How about this guy taking, you know, you know, roughing penalties or skating around, uh, you know, chirping at guys, coming all the way out to the yeah. middle of the ice to, to chirp at people? I mean, this this guy's this guy's this guy's. I think he's fully arrived. Yeah, he's he's very entertaining, and his numbers now are uh, uh, getting close to to, to 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 what he had last year during the regular season, which were which were uh, were unbelievable. So. Uh, uh, I think it's good that they're that they're getting Jake Allen in there. I, I, Craig Berube and his staff are very cognizant of the uh, the long haul. Uh, what, what was it like three games in a row where they basically didn't have a morning skate? They're they off mm-hmm. today in Tampa. I mean, they got got in kind of late Eastern time. I mean, one thirty two, but uh, it wasn't like it was a tremendously long flight or anything like that. But he's trying trying to keep these guys fresh, and and, and I think that would hold. For Bennington as well, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he's very fun to watch. Now, Tom, does, has anybody pointed out you or JT to uh, to Jordan that he's really not that big? Because I mean, he's he's he's, he's not happy with Austin Watson, who's an enormous individual, and, and mm-hmm. Austin's leaning. I you know Watson's leaning all over him, kind of falling into him, doing what you do if you're an Austin Watson and you're sitting in the crease. And you know, he so he's kind of like. Gives him a kind of jacks him to try to you know emphasize the fact that get off of me, mm-hmm. but he's not that big, Tom. He is not that big, but that uh, that doesn't uh, phase him. I guess the, he he he's I don't want to say compare him to like a small dog, but he's you know he's got a Napoleon <laughs> complex. But 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 he'll you know be a, oh. the, the fight in him, the bark that he has is though. Let me at him. Let me at him. I'll take him apart. So he's he's got a. A, there's an anger. There's a deep-set well, hostility inside. Yeah, and, and a follow-up to that, JT, uh, you know, you've gotten to know Jake Allen a little bit before, you know, he kind of went into the background. It, that was not Jake's thing to go skating out to the middle of the ice uh, talking stuff to guys. No, no, that's that's definitely not definitely not his M.O. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, so, so he, yeah, he, he, he's uh, – he, I don't think he's, he's the type that says a whole lot on the ice, very thoughtful, introspective, sometimes very, very honest. You know, I mean, how many goalies would, would say uh, a, a, after losing on a shootout goal, uh, gee, I should have done my homework on that guy. That's, that's, that's not something the fans would uh, probably like to, to read or hear from a player. But, uh, yeah, Jordan is the opposite. And, uh, yeah, I've, I, I've told him he has the skinniest legs of any singles athlete uh, I've seen since Isaac Bruce. And congrats to Isaac, who's – a semifinalist they announced today, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hopefully Isaac gets in this year. But, yeah, tiny, little, skinny, 
skinny legs on Jordan Bennington. Well, one thing, though, the, the shots that these guys have faced in the past three well, games, I, I think it's, is it 40, 43, and 39 uh, in, the yes, last, yeah. in, in the last three games? I mean, that's, you know, it, it's, Alan last night said, you know, it was, it was a, it was an entertaining game. I don't know that Jake would have agreed that it was an entertaining game. For the fans may have enjoyed it, but that's a lot of shots, and the Blues have got to find a way defensively. And you could say some teams that are going to put a lot of pucks on the net. That's the way they are. I'm sorry, three straight games. You know, that's that's a lot of shots. Yeah, and JT, how did Allen survive overtime? Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> Isn't overtime fun and 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 shootouts fun? It's just crazy. How about the uh, the penalty at the uh, at the start of the uh, uh, third period. Uh, uh, no, I don't need uh, cream. My very helpful uh, room service uh, ladies here st- stocking me up with coffee for for the rest of the day and tomorrow. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, but anyway, yeah, six six shots on one power play to start the third period oh. by uh, by uh, 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 Nashville. I mean, uh, that that's like a week's worth of power play shots for the Blues sometimes. But uh, yeah, he. he 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 made some uh, fantastic saves again. That second goal, it looked like he got tangled up with his own player, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that was the uh, tap in by Johansson. But uh, uh, it's it, it's good to see. And I I know some fans will say, well, when does Jake ever want a shootout game or whatever? But uh, they were they were right on. Just it was so tantalizingly close to coming out of there with two points. Perron gets the first goal. Allen makes the first two saves, and. All you have to do, it's the top of the third round, and Braden Shen's coming down the ice. You feel pretty confident about that. And, uh, you know, it was like it was a football rolling down the ice. He just couldn't control the thing. And even even uh, uh, Shen said afterwards, you're, you're, you're not going to see that one on any, on any highlight, uh, highlight shows. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I, you know, as I mentioned they're, they're in the story, they're, they're, they're Good overtime losses and bad overtime losses, and this this was a this was a this was a good one point, as Craig Berube said. But they were just so close to getting getting two points. Now, yep. t- now, Tom, they got this team going forward in this trip. Boy, this is not easy. No, looks like Tampa Bay, the Lightning have. Uh, we've seen the kind of firepower they have, and it looks like they're starting to get that back. And even though the Blues have played very well against the Lightning, and even though they they rang up uh, Kucherov with that big hit. It's that team's still a, uh, it's a handful despite what the recent matchups say. And then you go to Dallas, which has just been really, mm-hmm. it's the stars have just been outstanding. And uh, man, in a sense, you they didn't take full advantage of what they had at home because man, mm-hmm. this is for a short road trip, this is really challenging. <laughs> yeah, give up 40 shots to uh, tomorrow to uh, Tampa Bay. Oh. Who knows what uh, what it looks like? They have to play like they did the other night when they held them to at 18. Uh, yeah, and yeah, Dallas is just is out of its mind right now, and, and it's on a roll, and they're, they're gonna they could be catching the Blues, uh, you know, any day now. So that's that's gonna be a rough one. Uh, that that is, and uh, though the Blues have done well on the on the road, they've they've you know they've almost been better there. They always talk about you know their game works better when they play a simpler game um, on the road. They. They got to do it because uh, the central division is catching up with them. The, the, the division teams might have been struggling. They're not struggling anymore, and they're they're, they're going to see the rest of the world pretty close pretty soon. And what Pittsburgh is it? Pittsburgh that comes in uh, yep. Uh, Saturday. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, even without Crosby, that, that that's going to be uh, uh, that that that's going to be a uh, a struggle too. And and uh, we're really we're getting to the point now where you you. 
you, you quit saying it's early season. By the end of this week, uh, obviously we'll be out in November, and uh, we'll, we'll be about a third of the way through the through the season. So, uh, uh, the, and as you mentioned, Tom, the rest of the league's catching up. I think Dallas is what they won seven straight, nine zero and one. And you guys know how it is in hockey or any other sport. Uh, a lot of times, it's not who you play; it's when you play them. And uh, obviously, they're catching Dallas at the uh, at the at the wrong time. And even uh, even Nashville, you just knew Nashville's not going to keep losing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just didn't want to be the team that uh, they got uh, they got well against, and and it happened to the Blues. Now you look at the uh, where the team is. We talked about the struggle to score uh, goals. We talked about the great goaltending. The um, an area where they could sure help themselves if they could get back to where they were. Uh, on the power play, they had had a good start. It seems like man, they're massaging the puck again. They are. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they had they did have a power play goal uh, at the end of the homestand, but it was a six on four. Right. They pulled the goalie as well. So they and, and actually, you know, the Blues to score with a two man advantage is like is like solar eclipse type rarity. <laughs> I mean, they haven't had a five on three goals. You know, uh, look, there's Haley's comment. Yeah, I mean, so so to actually do that was like a step in the right direction. But yeah, you know, and, and they're not generating a lot of chances off it. You know, they've got plays they run and they can score within the first ten seconds. And then if they don't do that, it's like, well, that that was it. That was the that was the chance we had. We had this great thing drawn up. It didn't work. We lost the face off, and then they're. They, the puck gets cleared down the ice. They skate around for a minute and a half, and maybe something happens. So yeah, um, you know it goes up and down. Right now it's a down, and they've got to they've got to get it they got to get it back up because five on five is not been easy for them either. So those are two bad things not to have going. Yeah, and JT with the depletion of talent, they went from starting the year with two pretty good units that were balanced to they really just have to try to load up the the top group and and, and hope that in the course of uh, 90 seconds, they can get something done because they, they don't have two good power play units right now. No, and, uh, uh, you know, nothing against Zach Sanford, but he's now on the second unit in these last couple of games because of the depletion of talent. And, and Sanford actually played pretty well the last few games. I thought he played uh, he played very well last, last night, but uh, uh, he, you did not envision that Zach Sanford would be, you know, on your, your – uh, <laughs> your top 10 guys on the power play entering the uh, season it on paper, as you mentioned, Jeff, it literally looked like the, uh, it was almost an embarrassment of riches for, uh, for the blues. And my goodness, last night early in the, in the game before uh, Nashville got on the board, they, they basically had back to back two minute uh, minors and, and, and with 19 seconds of five on three, three minutes, 41 seconds of continuous power play. And that would have been a chance to get one goal, even two, and kind of kind of take command of that game. But uh, yeah, they they definitely it looks a lot like the uh, the old Blues power play lately. And the trouble with that, besides not scoring, Tom, is that boy, you if you don't convert back to back with a brief five on three connecting the two, mm-hmm. you know you know what that does for the other side and yeah. for the fans if you're on the road and you fail, and now they're feeding off of it. Mm-hmm. And you saw, I mean, they, they had none. They were digging out from a two-goal deficit after that. Yeah, nothing boosts a team quite as much as, as killing off a five-on-three or killing off four minutes of power play. That's the kind of thing that uh, when it happens, when the home team does that, they, they get a charge. And, yeah, there was a golden opportunity for the Blues to do the one thing they have to do to win games, and they and they didn't do it. And 
you know, that's a chance that is lost and you can never get it back because if the, if the goal is you got to score first, you know, you have to do that. You have to score before the other team does. And when you have four minutes of power play and can't do it, uh, that's you, you, it's a punt. You just give that opportunity away. Now, one thing I'd like to, uh, and it hasn't, it's got, it's produced some, we've seen some production point wise, a little bit of creeping up, but uh, it, it seems like uh, just watching Colton Pareko play, uh, the confidence, you know, maybe not knowing always what to do when he gets in the zone, but he's go, going in and he's getting in, he's flying in there, he's carrying the puck in, he's trying to create things. He's not super talented at making decisions down around the net and having a feel for the game down there. But, I do, I do like the way I do see Colton making a step where Justin Falk is still trying to find himself, still trying to fit, still trying to produce, trying to make some things happen. Uh, I, if there's, if I'm looking for a bright spot that we might see some more production from the next few weeks, uh, maybe 55. Are you seeing seeing something from him? Well, I, I, you definitely have to like the way he skates. Once he gets ahead of steam, it takes him a while to get going because of this. You know, he's. He's like seven foot five, but uh, he, he's probably one of the faster skaters on the team. I mean, just uh, with that long stride, and he just gobbles up the ice. And he's just—I'd like to see him do that. It seems like he's doing it more. Just, just carry the puck up the ice more. It seems like he'll get through a couple defensemen. He'll get close to the close to the goal, maybe three fourths of the way down the ice. And as you mentioned, Jeff, it's like, okay, now what do I? What do I do with it? And uh, you you kind of wish in those situations when, that the rest of the team, okay, Colton's taking up the ice, that they would, like, follow him and be there when he's three-fourths of the way down the ice, doesn't know what to do, so they could maybe pounce on the on, on, on the loose puck. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I like, uh, uh, you know, and he's had a couple of glitches. I, I like a lot about his game. And, you, you know, the league thinks very highly of, uh, of Colton Pareko. Uh, but it, the, the Blues, and, and they haven't quite been at the pace of the last couple of years. They've got to continue to get the, those defensive goals from, from, the, from the Blue Liners because uh, it's not uh, always happening with the forwards. Now, I'll, I'll give you my comparison for Colton offensively, Tom. Okay. Brett Hedekin. Okay. Brett played one million games in the NHL, yeah. could have skated all day. And, you know, he was always – he could get it in the offensive zone. He, he, he played a million games. He didn't score a million points. Very good player. Had a heck yeah. of a career. And he's a heck, a heck of a broadcaster now. Mm-hmm. But he's – Colton's going to play forever. Yeah. But can he take that step? I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, Jim, talking about Pareko bringing the puck up ice. It, it seems to me like when Pareko brings the puck up ice, it's like the international si- signal for, to the rest of the team for a line change. <laughs> and that, that Pareko saying, okay, we're going to – Oh, he's saying, see you later there, 55. And, and it's never a case, so Pareko brings it up. And, and so when he does take that shot, if he does take that there's, there's – you know, it's never like Colton Pareko in a two-on-one. It's Colton Pareko by himself against three other guys. Against the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Maybe it's just an, an image I have in my mind. But, uh, but yeah, but, you know – Pareko is a guy that everyone is going to go through his life thinking he should have more goals than he does. Yeah. It's been this way since his rookie season where, you know, he, he scored a lot of goals early and, you know, there's just been expectation. He, he should score a lot more than he does. And every time you think it's breaking through, okay, he's shooting more. It, you know, is he going to be, is he going to be a guy that scores 15 goals? In a season consistently, you would think he should be with the chances he gets. Yeah, you know, with the yeah. shot he has. Um, yeah. But you know, when, when's that going to happen? He could just just keep going in and shoot. 
Well, I know you've yeah. advocated that for years. Well, Shoot. It's like, Shoot. Well, it's like, well, it's like Perron scores a goal. It's a, you know, he goes down the ice. He gets a little room. He gets it past the defenseman, and he follows his own shot, and he scores. I mean, you've got yeah. to score some off the rush. Yeah. You just do. Well, didn't we think that he had kind of arrived uh, last year? Okay, he's found his game. His shot seemed more accurate. What do you have, 11, 12, 13 goals last year? Mm-hmm. But this year he seems, at least in, in, in uh, my time, on the beat, he seems as inaccurate as ever, and I, I think there's there's kind of a law of diminishing returns. The harder the shot, the, the more erratic it it, it, it gets. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's just who Colton Pareko is. Yeah, well, I think we can get more out of him, Tom. Well, you know, it, kind of one thing that works against him is that he doesn't get that much power play time because they like to have him and Bowmeister be the unit that comes out after the power play, if they don't score, they want a, a shutdown unit because the other team will put its top line out there. So they tr- traditionally have put Pareko and Bomeister out there right after. So because they didn't play on the power play, if he was on the power play, and we've seen that every now and then, but I mean, you talk about a great guy to have on the point for, you know, taking one-timers and, and putting shots on goal. And he doesn't get as much power play time as he maybe should. And if he had more, if he was getting routinely, you know, if he was on that first unit and was getting two, four, you know, more minutes of power play time, he, we would probably see more goals from him. Uh, but, but we don't. Hey, last thing on net front presence, Tom mentioned Jay Bowmeister. Apparently it's now between Molina and Bowmeister to stare down who will retire first. They both want to keep playing forever. Is that right, JT? <laughs> well, yeah, he, he basically told that to, uh, uh, to to uh, Tommy that hey I feel fine I I, I don't know how many uh, uh, thousand miles he he has left but he's he's he's, he's playing well he really hasn't had any uh, glitches if if I were the Blues I would just keep uh, uh, do this kind of Wainwright style and just uh, mm-hmm. sign him to a one year contract again now if you're uh, uh, Nico Mikola or Jake Wallman or Mitch Rinke you, you're or even Derek Pouliot you're probably not liking this. You'd wish the guy would retire. They might even pitch in and get him a nice retirement <laughs> present, but uh, doesn't seem to be on his mind right now. I I will say this: I, I think in in terms of athletic age, when when you get you know those upper thirties, you, you can lose it in a you know uh, you can lose it in a minute, like you know the mm-hmm. banana on the uh, in, in the kitchen where you, you look uh, and five minutes later it's uh, it's uh, brown there. But uh, he's he's playing a, he, he, he's playing very well. Yeah, I think the Blues if they went. The decision is made of this. You know, I don't. You know, January one is the first day they could re-sign him. I think you and I think Bo Meester would agree with this. That you need to wait in his case until uh-huh. February or March and wait until the season's almost over to know because <laughs> make sure those uh, hips don't fall off. Yeah, because it it could happen as you say in the the drop of a hat. So what's the, what's the deal with Jay Bo? No hobbies. I mean, what's up? Well, he's got plenty of hobbies, but they're all like you know, riding his bike fifty miles. I mean, that's that's what hiking, I do. Hiking in the mountains outside Calgary. He, yeah, he's like Mister Granola guy in the off season. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's certainly the opposite of what a sports writer would look like at that age. I would think he he does it. He keeps on going. So he's a guy that you would think, yeah, he could play. He could play another year. He could play another two years. The way right. he is now. All right. Well, we've got to wrap it up here on Net for Our Presence. Uh, I'm Jeff Gordon. That's been Tom Timmerman, Jim Thomas. Uh, maybe I'll hook up with JT and uh, Dallas on Friday. I got my in-laws uh, Thanksgiving and Capel. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. it's my in-laws, so I don't know, JT. But uh, we, we usually <laughs> have a pretty good time. Show. Yeah, we could get you over. 
Yeah. Well, uh, is it a good show with your in-laws? Are they kind of Oh, we have crazy, fun. Like yeah, we have stuff? a good time, and uh, it, especially later in the day. You can get on hand, but uh, we're, we're good. So have fun on the rest of your trip, Jim Thomas. And for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Ed for a presence. A reminder, you can see uh, or check out all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. And if you want a much nicer digital experience with stltoday.com and you have not tried our subscription our digital subscription please give it a try you'll be much pleased with the uh, with the results of that until next time see ya